Most I want you to turn to the book of Matthew, chapter number 26. Matthew, chapter number 26. It is a privilege to be back here with Brother Shane and the good folks here at Landrum. The Lord has truly been good to my life and to all of us. I say with the psalmist, had it not been that the Lord was on my side. Where would I be? I am grateful for mercy and grace that has been extended to my life. If you're willing and able, would you stand as we read beginning at verse number 36. I have thoroughly enjoyed the good singing tonight by these two families. What a blessing. Verse 36 says, Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane and saith unto, he, unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, who were James and John, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death, tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou will. And he cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep. And saith unto Peter, What? Could ye not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O oh my Father, if this cup may not pass away from me, Except that I drink it, thy will be done. 
And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then cometh he to his disciples and saith unto them, Sleep on now. And take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doeth betray me. That's the reading of God's Word. Going to ask Brother Scott Moneyham, pastor of Holly Springs Baptist Church, to lead us to prayer, brother. Oh, God, tonight, touch, Lord, our hearts. Oh, Father. Oh, Lord. Oh, God, do help us. Amen. You can be seated this evening. I'm interested in verse number 45 of our text. The Bible said, Then cometh he to his disciples and saith unto them, Sleep on now and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Jesus was simply saying to his disciples there, the opportunity for prayer has already passed. The privilege to serve has already come to an end. And may the Lord help me and help you not to allow the opportunities that we are given to serve our Lord, pass us by. But may we faithfully and fervently serve Him in the capacity of our opportunities that are set before us. I realize that Christ has brought 
his disciples to the garden of Gethsemane. Eight of his disciples have remained at the entrance to the garden, sitting there waiting for the Savior. Peter, James, and John go a little further with the Master. And there uh, he tells his disciples uh, to tarry ye here, uh, watch and pray. And he went a stone throws further and began uh, his passionate prayer to the heavenly Father. Now the garden of Gethsemane was not a strange place for our Savior and His disciples. This was not the first time they had made this trip to this garden. In fact, the Bible says in the book of Luke that He came out and went as He won't to the Mount of Olives. That is as his habit and custom was. In John it says, And Judas also, which betrayed him, knew the place, for Jesus oft times resorted thither with his disciples. I just want you to understand it was a familiar place for Jesus and his disciples to resort to. They came there to be taught by the Savior. They came there for prayer and meditation and renewal and fellowship and refreshment. May I say, uh, they were not strangers or aliens uh, to the Garden of Gethsemane. Uh, And I pray that there are certain places uh, in our Christian uh, experience uh, that are not alien to our life. Uh, It ought not to be unfamiliar uh, for you and I to read this Bible. Uh, It ought not to be a strange thing that we find ourselves in Sunday school on Sunday morning and worship service and back on Sunday night and attending on prayer meeting service. Those things ought to be familiar and common to your life and to mine. They come to this garden. It is noteworthy that in the beginning of this book, we are told about another garden. And we find that it describes for us the first Adam. For it was in that garden that 
Adam disobeyed God and ruined us. But thankful that the agonies of the second Adam in another garden would restore us. The first Adam rebelled in the garden of Eden, but the second Adam submitted in the garden of Gethsemane. In the first garden, it was man's will that was done. But in the second garden, it was the Father's will that was accomplished. In the first garden of the troubled souls, Adam and Eve hid themselves from God But in the second garden, uh, this second Adam uh, was not hiding uh, from the Father, uh, but he was seeking uh, the Father. Uh, Oh, tonight, uh, thank God for uh, the garden. This text could be divided into three emphases. I just want to mention all three, but I want to deal with one of them tonight. You'll find that in this text, there is a crucial circumstance. Christ is troubled in his soul. Calvary is looming just ahead. And he is feeling the brunt of the holy God becoming sin for you and I. It is a crucial circumstance that is occurring. But there is a second emphasis and there is a challenged commitment. Jesus challenges his disciples and says, Tarry ye here, watch and pray. He calls upon them to faithful service. And then there is a third emphasis. And that is a contradicted covenant. And by that I mean the disciples have already pledged their devotion to the Lord. They have declared that though all men should flee away, they will stay by his side. But here in our text, they contradict their pledge and their covenant to God. And may I say, it describes your life and mine. Many times we have said, we will serve the Lord 
and we have backed up from those pledges. But I'm glad there is one who has never, I say never, broken his promise to you and I. I want to look at that second emphasis for a moment. And I will not be long. The challenged commitment. Uh, you'll find that he says to his disciples, Tarry ye here. That has to do with position. Stay right here. Position yourselves right here. Most Baptist folk uh, can carry that one out. They're going to stay in their position. And you'll find the disciples never did leave from where they were at. Now, they did it for the wrong reasons. Uh, they fell asleep. That's why they did not remove uh, from where they were at. It has to do with position. It also has to do uh, with perception. He said, watch with me. The term watch... Uh, carries the idea of being wide awake and be alert and aware to the surroundings that are about you. And tonight, the only way you can watch, you first of all, you got to be awake. But they fell asleep. They could not be alert when they had fallen asleep. Oh, may the Holy Ghost wake us up to be perceptive to our surroundings. It has to do with prayer. He said, watch and pray. Lest you enter into temptation. And the disciples failed to do so. They may have started to, but the sorrow of their heart had overwhelmed them. Their eyes were heavy and they drifted off to sleep. And Jesus in his mercy uh, came back a second time and woke Peter up uh, and chided him. Uh, and lo and behold, uh, he went back off to sleep again. Uh, you had thought uh, with three of them that somebody would have stayed uh, awake. Uh, somebody would have uh, uh, encouraged the others. Uh, but they all fell asleep while the Savior prayed. But he challenges them. 
He summons them to active service. For you see, there were certain duties and responsibilities that he places upon their shoulders. It wasn't for somebody else to do. It's what he commanded them to do. So much of the time we want to put the blame on somebody else. It was somebody else's responsibility. It wasn't mine. But I'm here to tell you, Jesus said to these three men, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. And the responsibility was squarely upon their shoulders. They were the ones who were accountable to the Lord's command. And tonight he has set challenges to your life and to mine. Has the Lord ever stirred your heart? Has the Lord ever spoken to you? I'm glad he'll speak to his people. I'm glad we have a vice president who is not ashamed that the Lord speaks to his life. Tonight, Christ would engage us into his service. He would... Uh, call you and I to carry out certain duties. Uh, some of those uh, involve prayer. Uh, he challenges us to pray uh, instead of complaining, uh, instead of belly aching, uh, instead of holding your head down. Uh, why don't you pray and call on his name? Did you know we ought to pray for God's man? We ought to pray for our pastor. We ought to pray for our church. We ought to pray for our country. We ought to pray for heaven to come down on earth. He challenges us to pray. I have found out in my own practical experience that if we would stop praying so much for ourselves and go to interceding for someone else, our prayer life will rise to another level. I'm here to tell you, it is no telling the burdens and problems and crucial circumstances that are represented by this congregation here tonight. Somebody needs you to pray for them. It might be a wayward son or a daughter. It might be a husband or a wife. 
It might be a dad or a mom, but somebody needs to intercede. Somebody needs to pray. Aren't you glad somebody called your name? Somebody took you into the throne room of God and cried out in your stead, I bless him tonight. He's challenging his disciples. I challenge you to read this Bible. You say, I don't understand it. You'll never get anything out of it until you read it. I guarantee if you read it long enough, it'll come alive to you one blessed day and the Holy Ghost will shine His light on some truth or direction and it'll thrill your soul. I challenge you, we ought to read this Bible. We ought to deposit its truths in our hearts and we ought to see many its promises in the very fiber of our soul. It'll support you and I in the overwhelming floods of life. Bless his name. We ought to be challenged to faithfully attend God's house. In my growing up, it used to be everybody revolved around what the church did. That is, whatever outside activities were gauged by whatever was going on at the church. And if there was something going on at the church, the outside activities got put on the back burner. But in this generation... uh, We have turned it around. We are revolving our families and our children around our activities. And if it interferes with our church life, it's all right now. But I'm here to tell you, we ought to faithfully and devotedly attend the services of God's house. I challenge you to do that. I challenge you to love your enemies. I challenge you to raise your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. I challenge you to forgive those who have attacked your character and lied against your name. I challenge you to sing the Lord's song in the strange land when the shadows are bending low and the troubles have come your way. Don't you fill your mouth with mush, but you get a song in your heart and go to singing to God be the glory. Hallelujah. I challenge you tonight. Some would say, well, if the Lord had just wait till I got everything 
when everything was good, I could, I think I could do it. Well, in our text, it wasn't going so well for the disciples. In fact, one of the gospels said that they were, their eyes were heavy and they were filled with sorrow. You know why they were sorrowful? Jesus had just told them that one was going to betray them. Jesus has just told them that he wasn't going to be here very long. He was going to be uh, uh, delivered into the hands of wicked men and be crucified, but he would raise again the third day. They didn't understand all of that, uh, but they, they just knew he was going away, uh, and they are filled with sorrow. Uh, Jesus uh, is coming to them uh, in this point uh, of time in their life uh, when they are overwhelmed with disappointment and sorrow. It is when you and I are in the deepest valleys, when you and I are in the strongest winds of adversity, when we are in the darkest places of our life, the Lord will come along and say, I challenge you, I call you, I summon you to be faithful, to watch and to pray. Say, is that biblical? Why, sure it is. Did you know that the widow woman of Zarephath was at the lowest point of her life? Her meal barrel was almost empty. Her oil was almost poured out of that cruise. In fact, she was out gathering sticks, going to build a fire and make her and her boy a little cake, and they were going to die. But along comes Elijah, and he said, I'm hungry. The Lord has sent me down here to you. He said, you're going to take care of me. And she's wondering why in the land he didn't come three weeks ago when she had some flour in her bin and oil in her cruise. But she didn't have anything left at all. But that's the very point in her life that the Lord says Feed the man of God. And tonight you may be at a low point in your life. It's not time to turn your back. It's not time to forsake. He challenges you to be faithful to him. As Christ was facing his darkest hour 
and the deepest troubling of his soul. He seeks human participation and intercession. Why does he do it? Does he need it? No. He doesn't need my help. And he doesn't need your help. But it helps us to be involved. I can't make a difference in nobody. I can't forgive one sin, much less the sins of a whole world or a life. But I know the one who can. But he lets me in on it. I can't forgive nobody. But I sure can tell somebody where to go to. To get forgiveness. Hallelujah. At his deepest sorrow in his life. He sought for human participation. And tonight, uh, I know that they miserably failed. Uh, they, uh, they just fumbled the ball. Uh, uh, they uh, uh, laid down and went to sleep. Uh, and if they'd have been members uh, of most Baptist church, uh, they'd have kicked them out uh, and said, you ain't worthy uh, to be a member. Uh, but I'm glad that ain't the way Jesus uh, treated those disciples. Uh, Peter would go on to deny him uh, three times. Uh, the only disciple uh, that would stand at Calvary uh, would be John. Uh, all others had fled. Uh, but I'm glad God uh, didn't wash his hands of them. Uh, uh, the Lord didn't push them uh, aside. Uh, he didn't excommunicate them. Uh, but I'm glad he raised them up. Uh, filled them with the Holy Ghost. Uh, they were used mightily uh, of God. Uh, I bless his name tonight. I'm just saying. Let's take advantage of our opportunities. Don't fall asleep now. Execute faithfully and devotedly what God has given you to do. He challenges your life. You say, well, preacher, I, you just don't know where I'm at. You're the very one he's calling on tonight to give him your meal barrel and your little cruise of oil and serve him with all of your heart. Preacher, 